position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 118 of the Best Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you on this Monday. Yes, Monday. 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 And they're mad I want me and their faces are red and angry and they're yes. angry at me and Yes. <laughs> they're angry at me. Um <laughs> Uh this Monday, uh January 30th, 2017, making it 2017, uh, 01.30, uh, at 9.42, 9.34 a.m. Pacific Time, um, we are clearing the decks this week, I know we're a little late, but whatever, um, I mean, did not feel all that great this weekend, uh, voice-wise, and I just really wanted to kind of take a weekend off more or less, I mean, let's be honest um and there wasn't like anything really pressing, so I decided, you know, oh, let's just take a nice leisurely weekend off so we can do three reviews this week instead of our normal show yeah, uh, well that's like in all fairness, yes, I know, I know fuck you, oh, crack engineer, I warm Melina over there in the booth, says hello uh, yeah, uh, oh, oh, the whipping, the facial whipping, Ivor, the ineffectual leader of our death ship, um, Ivor, the, uh, audience says hello to you as well, um, yeah, so we have two, two reviews, one of which is, like, a sub-review of, uh, a DLC for a game, but it kind of makes it a different game, so we're gonna say this is three reviews. Uh, we're gonna be reviewing Avorian, which is actually the real source of all of our problems here, because I got so hardcore addicted to this game that, I, uh, fine, I'll be honest, okay, fine. You're right, Ivor. I should just level. I should tell them of the shamefulness. I should tell them of the horror. I shouldn't try to cover it up. 
I started playing Avorian, A-V-O-R-I-O-N, on uh, Thursday, late Thursday night. This is Monday. I played 33 hours of Avorian. So, yeah, um, that's a problem. Needs to be addressed immediately. Um, And then the other game that we're going to review is Neon Chrome, which uh, a friend of mine on Steam, Captain Ford, uh, started playing, and I saw his little name pop up uh, playing Neon Chrome, and so I waited the requisite eight hours as I played Avorian, and I talked to him about it. Uh, I really like Neon Chrome. We did not re- do a real review of Neon Chrome last year. It is still a newer game, and just rapping with uh, Captain Ford kind of made me realize we have to review it. So, Ivor, without further ado, uh, want to hit them with... Uh, no, you don't. You don't want to hit them with it, do you? Wow, thank you, Windows. That was my fucking um, Surface Pro. It's telling me that no threats were found on my fucking Surface Pro. Why do I keep my notes on my Surface Pro? That was really embarrassing. No recent... I What's going on here? Things are spiraling out of control! And that's going to be kind of our theme for this... Uh, these reviews, things just spiral out of control. I'm gonna like this cigarette. Have some whiskey too. Uh, if I were would hit us with. Okay, Ivor, you're right. You're right. I haven't fired you this week. You're fucking fired. In accordance with the laws and regulation regarding the internet within your jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Ah, excellent. So our first review this week, as as I don't know if you could hear, I have perfect pouring using my bartender speed pour technique. Ah, yes. That should keep the whiskey sign and Iowa satisfied for good luck fucking while. Our first review this week is a game that and we generally never ever do this. We try to avoid doing this. Um, but it's a game in early access. And we generally try to avoid reviewing games in early access because they're not the finished game. And, you know, this means there will be another review of this game. It means that I have to do another review of this game, which means like double the amount of work. So that kind of sucks. But our first review is a game called Avorian. A-V-O-R-I-O-N. Now, what is Avorian? I hear you cry. Avorian could be summarized as Minecraft in outer space um, and is probably the best, most um, entertaining Minecraft in outer space that I've yet experienced. So... What what does that mean? Well, let's hear. Let, let, let me just read you what uh, I work. Get the music back up. Get it back up, Ivor. Let me just read you what um, Avorian builds itself as a procedural co-op space sandbox where players can build their own spaceships out of dynamically scalable blocks, fight epic space battles, explore, mine, trade, wage wars, and build your own empire to save your galaxy from being torn apart <coughs> by an unknown enemy. Now, this was released into early the Early Access um, universe uh, January 23rd, 2017. That means it's been out for seven days and I've already played 30 fucking hours of this game. Okay? That is how good this game is and it is in early fucking access. Now, here's their... Look, I, can you fucking turn down the goddamn music? I well, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. Wow. Wow. Okay, so why is why is this released in early access, and why are we rele- why are we reviewing it in early access? Is probably an even better question. But early access game. Sometimes I like to read what you know the developers have to say about. You know, an early access game. Um, 
what the developers have to say. Why early access? If you're not a sandbox fan or are not interested in getting involved in the development of Avorian, you should probably wait for the full release estimated in quarter 3 of 2017. Avorian already has a lot of features, but it's lacking some content. We have many more features and above all, content in mind, which still needs implementation. We want to flesh out the storyline, add more missions, and give players more options of what they can do. To achieve all that, we want to involve the community in the development of Ivorian, working closely together with you during the remaining development time. This means that we want to collect feedback from you guys, help us create a great and unique sandbox sandbox experience. Um, And they're looking at, you know, a time horizon of 6 to 12 months. Um, for it to leave early access. Now, this kind of highlights one of the things that I really both one one of the things that I love about early access, just as like um, from a development perspective, you know, it cuts both ways. You can have games that are in early access that are really just games that are designed to always be in early access with a community driven development focus, and then there are other games that like Avorian which uh, really has is not like that, but I could see how um, it could cut both ways, how early access could cut both ways for them um, in, in that regard. So here's, here's the deal with Ivorian. Everything that they just said is very, very true. Ivorian is very much um, feature complete. It is very not just playable, it is 33 hours in four days addictive. Um you will really like Ivorian. It's a cross between um what okay, first of all, it's a cross between I'm gonna out myself here and and admit that at one point in my gaming life, long ago, long ago, when I was a future communist Nazi um of the rape party, just like Trump, me and Donald Trump were in the same war together. On the same side, no, um, <laughs> Jesus. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I've I was flashing the whiskey sign. Mm. A thousand years ago, I got into this game called Eve. Eve Online. Eve Online was at the time already a shitty game, but it was a game that you could play without having to really play the game. Uh, it had its own qualities. It was inherently a terrible design and designed to brutalize and rape and bilk its players out of money on a constant basis. That was okay. I kind of realized that along with every other EVE online player. Like, after my first three weeks or whatever, I'm like, oh, mmm. This is like, it's kind of like a subscription porn site, only I don't get any porn. And, oh, okay. But I I do kind of like it. So anyway, I played Eve Online for I don't know eight months, something like that. It was a brief but intense, intense burst of uh, of a morally questionable, um, absolute, you know, degrading, self degrading gameplay, non gameplay, and game design. One of the key things about Eve Online that made it so much fun was that you could kind of technically play EVE Online while doing real work or other things. Like, it was not the most demanding game in the world. Avorian doesn't aspire at all to be EVE Online. It's also not Minecraft. Okay, so what? why did I get into Minecraft? And I got hardcore into Minecraft. I got so hardcore into Minecraft, I was... I was beyond your wildest and lowest expectations for how far I got into Minecraft. I got into Minecraft to the tune of $20,000 almost, to the tune of Minecraft. Um, running my own servers, uh, advertising my own servers, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because this was long before the days of, the good old days of DigitalOcean. Um, anyway. Got really into Minecraft. I regret nothing. Minecraft saved my life in a lot of ways. Um, Minecraft was like the only thing that got me through uh, the death of my father and his protracted illness, which came out of the blue. Um, along with a lot of other personal darkness. Um, and the benefits of Minecraft for me as an investment were humongous. 
having to deal with 24-7 uptime uh, expected by 3,000 players who are not just like players, like casual players, but like ravenous fucking jackals sent from hell to torture you, blah, blah, blah. Just from a system administration perspective, um, Minecraft was very, very, very beneficial. Uh, anyway, the great thing is about Minecraft the things that I loved most, I'm not going to talk about RFI, I'm not going to talk about uh, I as the Craft, which is my server that we ran for almost two years, I think. Um, I'm not going to talk about that specifically, because that was, that was like Minecraft on a different level of Minecraft than you can imagine what Minecraft was ever about. Um, and I say that without pause or hesitation, it was the best Minecraft server I ever played on, like if I'd ever found a server that was as good as IHC, I would have played on it instead. Um, and you can ask any of the fans of IHC uh, to this day. Uh, they, the ones who remember it, um, who remember Angry Drunken Skooky Sprite as the administrator and the superlatively fair, although I did like to use the kill command a lot, um, administrator uh, and captain actually, of IHC. Uh, they remember it for the same reasons that I do. I won't talk about IHC. What was the success of Minecraft? The success of Minecraft was giving you the ability to gather resources and then construct things in a voxel-based, you know, just block by block. Very simple. Non-complicated. Um, didn't require, like, huge technical diagrams. Even once you got into Redstone, like, Redstone was... I mean, I built some crazy machines out of redstone, but, uh, and those, that was more like magic than it was like science, but it was a science to me if you spent, you know, 10,000 hours dealing with redstone, then yeah, sure, you got pretty good at redstone. Um, the cool thing was, it gave you this, this world, this procedurally generated world with unique geographical features, etc, etc, etc mine, farm, gather resources, survive against um against opponents against NPC opponents and adversaries that uh have, you know, procedurally, not procedurally generated but have uh, pretty set behavioral patterns and uh, tactics that you can learn to adapt and incorporate into your average survival you know, cycle. Um, and it was a persistent universe. This is the other thing. Because it doesn't make any sense to have a fucking, you know, survival-based game where you gather resources and build structures and shit if they don't persist, which is one of the things that RFI, uh, IHC actually really... We had two rollbacks ever in two years, and both of those rollbacks were under 10 minutes. Um, whereas other servers that I had played on uh, prior to IHC had rollbacks that went, you know, like every, you know, other, every three days or whatever and went back two to three hours occasionally. Uh, sometimes more, sometimes entire weeks, sometimes they nuke the entire server. Um, so that doesn't make any sense. So what you want to, what you want to have is this constant, you know, I need to gather resources. I need to, because I want to build whatever crazy thing I want to build, you know, beyond your basic shelter, and I want to learn more about, like, the opposition, about I want to learn more about the creatures that I'm going to have to fight I need to constantly feed myself also part of resource gathering I need to constantly uh, equip myself, better arm myself with items, weapons armor, I need to upgrade my technologies on a fundamental basis, as well to, um to make my life easier as, you know, I go through this process, this continuous process of surviving and trying to build the fucking replica I remember I remember the first moment that I realized that I became addicted to Minecraft was when it was on the Xbox uh, 360 yes, I, have, or I know this is turning into a big rant about Minecraft mmm mmm I was on the Xbox 360 and it was like my third or fourth um, life I guess uh, my third or fourth like iteration of the universe 
world world generation or whatever. And uh, this time I had found gold and diamond pretty early, and I was in a good place. I put myself in a good place to gather wood and other essential resources, and I had a geographically I was in I was in a very good place, and it occurred to me. Well, what do I want to really build after I built all the way up to the sky and then after I built all the way down to bedrock? What do I really want to build? And it was then that I realized that I really wanted to build like a replica of the Millennium Falcon. Why not? I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And that was the mantra of Minecraft and is the mantra of Minecraft, and what makes Minecraft such a super special game. Um, I don't know what it's like these days, but Minecraft was a super special game, because I can do this. I can do this. It's going to be hard. I can do this. But I can do this. I bet you I can do this. And that's without, like, having server-side, you know, or administrative, you know, um, access to server-side or administrative uh, or, or, um, op system and you know caliber tools within the game like uh voxel sniper or a uh, world editor etc i can do this that's what made minecraft great it was constantly your problem scaled you created your own problems and then your problem scaled exactly to your own expectations and difficulty of defeating them and they were always just as challenging as you made them and that was awesome. I, I IHC I has the craft added several new dimen- dimensions to that that made it even more addictive and even even better, even more better. That's right, I or more better. It was even more better than better. It was so much better. It was double super plus good. Mm. So the problem with scaling this into space. I've played other games that have tried to be uh, Minecraft in outer space, some of which have been pretty good. All of them basically utilizing... Uh, the, the main challenge is whereas in Minecraft you're limited by gravity or you know whatever modifications have been made to the server, like in terms of flight or whatever, um, you're basically bound to... Uh, although Minecraft ran 17 different worlds at once, um, including a humongous including two humongous fucking uh, worlds, one of which was a procedurally generated city world with procedurally generated zombie um, rage zombie uh, anyway, different story the thing is generally in Minecraft, you're limited by navigational aids and your ability to traverse large distances of territory based on your uh, transport, you know, if you're laying down rails, or which is always the fastest, basically, or uh, oversea, and you're not going to build an oversea railroad, which I did myself, actually, uh, that took 30 minutes to go one way, and took several months to build. Um, you're bound to the geography, which is part of the survival aspect of it. And this is something that has not translated well into other, into iterations of Minecraft that attempt to be in outer space, where ostensibly either you're bound very closely to a realistic Earth orbit or solar system kind of orbit and is really focused on the scientific aspects of space, or alternatively, um, is designed to be um, is designed to, to have some form of hyperspace transport that is, you know, as yet undiscovered by our current present day science. You know, it's all just... Boy, it's fucking ponderous, man. I know. Ponderous. You're right, Casey. Ponderous. <laughs> anyway, these things make it very difficult to create a procedurally generated universe that feels... Like a universe that, you know, is that has territory, has has features that can be remembered that are understood. Geography that is also, if you're not careful, you can get lost in because we're talking about pulling up a star chart and picking out a warp warp point 
more or less. Those those things generally don't have like the same characteristics and memorability as getting lost your first time in Minecraft when you realize the first time that you're lost when you're like, holy shit, there is no way I can figure out where the fuck I am. And I thought I was paying attention, but I need to get back. I need to get back, back. This is one thing that is missing from Avorian. And he's missing from all other Minecraft um, things, but Avorian comes closest to accomplishing it. Beyond that, even better, forget voxels. Avorian has this ship editor that lets you create ships that are entirely uniquely your own. And it does this in a very clever way because we need to carefully balance the strictures and structures, the design elements of having, um, you know, like a creative mode, which is no fun. I've never enjoyed a creative mode. Um, almost everything I built, even on IHC, uh, okay, eventually I had, well, yeah, okay, so that's not true at all. Um, but for my own houses and stuff, I didn't build them in creative mode unless I had the resources, at least. Uh, not creative mode, I'm talking about world edit, I'm talking about Vox, I'm talking about using technology that's not necessarily available to the end user. Anyway, Avorian has to carefully balance out this idea of I have unlimited resources and I don't give a fuck and I can build whatever the fucking crazy shit I want and, you know, it's gonna be great and blah, with um a huge sandbox universe because Avorian has official servers that let you, you know, jump in with bunches of people, which I've not done I don't give a fuck about them I need to know about Avorian the game in terms of its game mechanics because if it ain't good in single player it's not going to be good in multiplayer, might be good in multiplayer if it's not good in single player, I mean it's not going to be good in multiplayer if it's not good in single player. Multiplayer might make it way better. Multiplayer might amplify all the aspects of the gameplay that's in single player, but it ain't going to improve on any of it. If single player is deeply flawed or is deeply bad, um, ain't going to fix it. So, I've yet to jump in to Avorian a multiplayer. Because, for reasons I'm about to explain. But anyway, the way you build your ship in Avorian is unlike any other design design mode for any uh, game that I've ever played. And the actual resource requirements and the implications of the resources are more well-balanced than any other game that I've ever played. This combines, meaning that you can, okay, you have to go look at some of the craft in Avorian, but Avorian is really like, um, it, it functions like the hyper addictive, uh, twisted little cousin, spacefaring cousin of, uh, yeah, I guess that was a quote from Birdman, of, um, from the depths. Only it doesn't require any of the complexity of learning and doesn't require any of like the strictures of gathering endless amounts of resources starting from zero and totally sucking with a shitty ship that can't really do anything and doesn't go anywhere and is just terrible. Although there are aspects of that. Self-defense is problematic at the beginning of every uh, life of Avor, every ship life in Avorian. Um... Because you have to balance out. It doesn't matter what. What doesn't matter is these strictures don't really apply to your overall design of your ship. Now, to a lot of people, design of your ship, that phrase alone, like, just strikes fear into your heart, and I understand that fear. I know that stultifying fear of, like, okay, I'm gonna have to spend fucking what? How long? Who? What? My name is Slim Shady. You know, I'm like, you know, motherfucker. You oh, this is fucking ponderous, man. I don't need to ponderous, go to school ponderous. in your game to learn how to fucking build something in your game. If you know, I don't. I, I mother, mother, lecker. 
Avorian totally isn't like that. Avorian, there are like three main types of blocks mm, that that are um, that you, that are initial that you come into contact with. You don't have to research advanced technologies at all. Um, for at least the first 33 hours, you know, you can be relatively research free, but it does give you total creativity over your ship design. So, your ship design, and this is all f- part of the function of the great, um, in game ship editor, which, if I have one complaint about, one major, major complaint about, I have a couple of complaints, but I have one major complaint. It's that when you go into build mode, you can still be attacked by shit. So it's like, okay, well, that kind of sucks. And I can understand why you can't really in a, you know, interrelated, you know, huge, massively multiplayer sandbox game nerf that in certain ways. Like, but I, I can almost see different ways in which you could make it so that that doesn't have to be that brutal. Because when you're getting attacked and you're trying to build your ship, it sucks. And yet the same, it doesn't cut both ways. Like if you just come out of combat and you killed everybody, you still have to wait, you know, 45 seconds before you can go into build mode, which also allows you to repair your ship. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you here about Avorian is Avorian combines like the essential elements, the essential Minecraftian elements of I can do this, I can build this with the resource gathering aspects of it, which are also just in in the spirit of I hate to bring it up, I has the craft. They allow Avorian allows you a multiplicity of roles that your ship can play, very similar to Privateer. Uh, if you're as ancient as me, you can run cargo missions. You can just fucking gat, you know, pirates in random pirate encounters, uh, you can engage in factional warfare, you can build and, uh, deploy your own fleets of ships in Avorian. Although, my focus has been based on building a single humongous capital ship. You can mine for resources. You can gather credits and trade and buy resources. You can run organizational missions, which are missions that are, um, might require you, uh, and they're not, they're not spelled out. That's one of the big things that's still early access, very much early access about Avorian. Um, Avorian requires you to use your brain a lot, at least in this early, I don't know if this is going to be the constant theme of Avorian, but right now Avorian is not simple to figure out in terms of missions or in terms of how to manage your crews you have to manage, you have to staff and manage your crew positions, although these issues are addressed in the tutorial um at a certain point I guess about 33 hours in it gets kind of difficult because certain things happen that you're not prepared for, but for 33 hours right now, which is over the uh, bare minimum amount of time that I, you know, before I review a game, 20 hours generally is what I have to play before I review a game. And I thought, oh, well, fine, it's an early access. I'll play it another 10, because I can't stop playing it, so why not just play another 10 or 20 or 50 hours of it? Um, if Warian ultimately comes up with a great combination of mining, resource gathering, and ship design. The ship design, which is so seamless, so easy, and so creative, allows for such a depth of creative range of possibilities, uh, and which actually correlate to the real-world behavior of your ship in ways that are not... um, catastrophically debilitating but also you learn these things so quickly and because it's such a simple system that uh, before you know it you're building just crazy ships that are doing crazy things 
and then it also combines all of that with this memorable um even though each single player uh galaxy is procedurally generated and is generated off of a seed and is persistent those galaxies are as unique as they are they are they are as persistent as they are unique and they are humongous um and the closer you get to the center of the galaxy the better the resources get uh, but you don't necessarily need them better resources to build a better ship or more of the same ship or any type of ship you know blah 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 and it combines privateer aspects of um of uh of mission generation and uh explore combined with exploration this is there is no in cockpit view so it's not exactly privateer you'll find it very difficult to equip many weapons or many turrets for mining um, at first you'll find that paying your crew and insuring your ship and uh, actually making a profit off of your activities is somewhat difficult you'll find that managing your ship systems and stuff is somewhat difficult but all of this scales very well towards the way that Minecraft got you initially addicted with wait, I can go any, I can punch to get wood? Oh, and then I can make oh, wow, this is cool I can get dirt and make like a little dirt hovel wait a minute, I'm hungry what does this mean? Wait a minute I'm, I'm, why, why am I dying? I'm, I'm starving to death? fuck me harder and then you're dead and you know you have to it scales very well to that to that um type of experience because it's just as much fun Avorian I've found it's almost just as much fun to start from zero which is like the biggest if you want to talk about the ultimate qualification for Minecraft is one of forgetting the the problem-solving aspects of Minecraft is being one of my favorite things to ever appear in any game ever, and being the cl- most closely analogous to the um, logical necessities of programming. Um, like, the actual, like, literal, like, okay, well, I have to define the boundaries of my problem. My problem is going to be unique to me. I have to, def- I have to find and define the boundaries of it, and once I get enough of the boundaries of it, I can start to outline the real shape of the problem, and then inside that problem, I will find my solution, which is the type of creative thinking that every every younger person on the face of the planet needs to be fucking cultivating, because the difference between programming and syntax is logic, and the logic is everything I just described. Anyway, Ivorian comes as close to that as anything, and the biggest in terms of, like, play in terms of, like, defining review of Minecraft that I could ever give, and it's the same right now, 33 hours into Avorian. Um, that's A-V-O-R-I-O-N, is that when you die, let's say you have to start all over again from zero, which I've done four or five times. Four or five times! I ever punch that up. Ladies and gentlemen, let me lay on you the fireworks jazz band playing four or five times. They're now defunct. They're long gone. But here we go. Hit it, Ivor. So, four or five times. Thank you, Ivor, for cueing that music. That's awesome. Four or five times I've started from zero. Again. Actually, three times because I've started three new galaxies. I I know this just from my memory of the galaxy screen. Um, In single player, uh, I've started from absolute zero. Cold new furnace, Henry. Every day, you still start from zero. Um, it is almost just as fun starting from zero and building up a new empire as it was the first time. And this is still in early access. There are some there are some issues. I do have some issues with Avorian. Um, your mouse buttons do get sometimes stuck into positions, it does require a middle click button, which I don't like, I just recently shifted to a trackball with a middle click, finally um by virtue of my Kensington having finally died, but uh 
they get stuck in different positions. It can become difficult to lock onto a target. Um, there is no real, uh, the combat mechanics are somewhat simplistic. Um, there are no real metrics for damage or for the alerts that you get presented with. Um, there is no configurability of those alerts. There are some problems. It is still in early access. But the content that is there and the gameplay that is there is fiercely, fiercely addictive. Um, Avorian, A-V-O-R-I-O-N, is in early access. It is $17.99. And the last thing I want to say about Avorian is that I've played other games that have tried to be Minecraft in space, and they have succumbed to any of the previous flaws that I've described, but mostly they don't feel like you're playing an action game, which is ultimately what Minecraft is. Minecraft is like an action survival design game. Minecraft is not meant to be AutoCAD. Minecraft is not meant to be a first-person shooter, although those were elements that were incorporated into I Has the Craft. Um, Minecraft was meant to be a survival simulation with architecture, with 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 design elements, with with, with building your own stuff and resource gathering in a uh, somewhat analogous, although not realistic, analogous survival situation. Avorian feels very alive. Av- Avorian feels very real. It does not feel like a simulation. It doesn't feel like an oversimplification. It's super fun to play and it's super fun to get lost in the build mode just as it is super fun to try to manage the navigational challenges of getting your ship close enough to an asteroid to mine it or from fleeing pirates who are trying to warp jam you or from figuring out just how far you're willing to go as you explore the galaxy while trying to figure out when you're going to start to need to pay your crew before they become mutinous. Um... And also, you know, what ship systems you're going to... And when you're going to start to build a fleet and when you're going to start to mine this type of thing or that type of thing and whether or not you're going to specialize in just running trade missions with a super fast warp drive or if you're going to fucking specialize in mining the fuck out of the face of the universe... um, you know, one system... one, One sector at a time as you, you know, slowly drift from subsystem to subsystem in your drone as a crew of one um, which I found to be a perfectly rational way to spend your first six or seven hours in the game Um, and then you explore the galaxy Uh, it is a fabulous combination of all, all of those aspects of it so far it came out January 23rd, 2017. This is an independently developed game. So far, the overall user reviews have been very positive. 397 reviews. It's been out for seven days. I heartily, they launched with Linux support. I heartily recommend Avorian. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Even in early access. You can look forward to, I'm gonna, you know, just like Starbound and everything else, um, I'm going to try not to talk about like the dominating, you know, feature of but four or five times, baby. Four or five times, you're going to delight in starting over in Avorian just as you build massive, massive, massive shit. Yeah. So there you go. What's next, Ivor? Yes, Neon Chrome. Alright, well we... Oh. What's that, Ivor? Oh, you want to do your job? But why start now? You're breaking with tradition. You are breaking with tradition, Ivor. Fine, do it. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Can you believe it, Ivor Molina? Wants to do his job exactly when I don't want him to do it. Okay, so our next review 
um, is Neon Chrome, N-E-O-N-C-H-R-O-M-E, which just recently, uh, as of January 19th, uh, let me make sure. Wow, Steam, thank you for just cock-blocking me there. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Neon Chrome came out with a DLC on January 19th. Neon Chrome, which I've alluded to previously, Neon Chrome is a fabulous, top-down, procedurally generated, um, roguelike, in 3D, uh, it's, it's three and a quarter top-down, um, 3D blast fest of blood and carnage that I've spent let's see oh okay this doesn't aha show me neon chrome neon chrome I've spent 52.3 hours on record neon chrome the premise of neon chrome is kind of complex and convoluted but the bottom line is you're in a gigantic skyscraper that never ends it's it's like an arcology or whatever the fuck you want to call it and uh, the genius of Neon Chrome is that your goal is to get to the overseer who is trying to do some bad shit to the world and to the universe um, some stuff that uh, is straight out of uh, our final invention great book by the way yes I just tapped the lighter against a steel beam which is one ping only actually um, anyway the goal of Neon Chrome is to get to the overseer and stop him before it's too late and as you discover I won't ruin any of the plot points along the way it's like I think 30 some odd stories or something like that I can't remember it's all broken down into a staircase uh, like system in between the levels the levels allow you they're all procedurally generated with procedurally generated enemies um, and they allow you to uh, destroy great vast huge hunks of the geometry that's within so like walls and cubicles etc all can be exploded. Things inside of those things can also be exploded as you defeat the security forces necessary to reach the elevator that takes you to the next level. Along the way, you can upgrade your asset with um, persistent upgrades in terms of uh, stat points and stuff, which are paid for after your asset dies. After you die and you start again, you get to upgrade your asset with using the money that you got from your last run or have saved from previous runs, you can upgrade core characteristics of your asset, like um, health, uh, armor, speed, damage, stuff like that. Um, Then, eventually, you can start upgrading your asset with individual um, cybernetic uh, enhancements that are like perks. Like, for instance, um, one of my favorites is... uh, uh, multiple uh, multiple munitions kind of thing that makes every round that you fire split into three different bullets that fire that you know go off on their own trajectories so you can take like a submachine gun and turn it into a very rapid shotgun um there's all sorts of stuff like that like uh, there there's um across all the different characteristics of your your play mechanic. Uh, as Captain Ford, my buddy from Steam, pointed out, one of his favorites is to use the uh, the the uh, sub which is like my personal favorite. I like to just spray as much death as possible. I'm trying very carefully to avoid describing the secret of the multiplayer, not the multiplayer, the um the replayability of Neon Chrome, why I've spent 50 hours in this game. I'm trying very hard to conceal that. Um, but it does accommodate, in the immortal words of Captain Ford, a surprisingly nuanced and uh, nuanced and v- nuanced variety of different playstyles and uh, approaches to Neon Chrome. Even though the bosses remain the same and in the same sequence and the ending uh, ultimate, you know, once you reach, you know, the final challenge, that, that 
all of those things remain static, more or less, the overall game itself gets better and better and better and better and better. Um, with constant arrays of surprises, not totally constant, but just enough. The real thing that makes Neon Chrome my personal super champion, I guess I was kind of saving Neon Chrome as the champion of the rogues, which I intend to do again this year, um, all last year, sometime in May or June or, uh, I, uh, June or July, somewhere in there. Um, because I imagine there'll be another fucking huge crop of roguelikes. Neon Chrome right now is my personal favorite uh, out of all of them um, because of the persistent uh, stat aspect, the money aspect, the upgrade aspect, and then the weapons aspect, all of which behave differently, um, and then these these aspects that are unique to your run that you get from certain upgrade points that appear occasionally on on uh, most levels that allow you to pick a perk up to like 12, I think your your normal class has 12 or 8 possible upgrade slots um, there's one there's one class of player that has more than the others, which I think is 12 I think that's the Cyber Psycho um all of these things combine together to create a very, very violent, very enjoyable, uh, very addictive Blastom Fest, the likes of which that more people need to know about because this game came out on April 28th of 2016. It's only gotten 209 reviews. They've been very positive. Um, but more people need to be playing Neon Chrome, uh, which builds itself... <laughs> hilariously, as a masterful combination of top-down shooter and endless replayability with procedural levels. This is great copy, because this is exactly true. Blast your way through walls and enemies with guns and cybernetic abilities. Install perks from cyber chambers and upgrade your character stats after each death. Can you stop the Overseer? That is exactly what you should know about Neon Chrome. That is perfect. They need to pay. I bet you it was probably the guy who made the game who fucking wrote wrote that in like fucking 750 words and gave it to a copywriter that he was like, hey buddy, you write for fucking, you know, the local alt weekly or whatever, here's a hundred bucks, can you chop this down into whatever character limit you know, Steam has and he came out with this after making him play the game it includes a level editor by the way, which I have never used out of 53 fucking goddamn blah, and recently, as of January 19th, they've added a DLC, which is 5 bucks. Neon Chrome, the game itself, is uh, $14.99, and by the way, Neon Chrome gets my highest uh, rating. It is worth $14.99. Um, if 50 hours, 50 plus hours to you is worth $14.99, 50 hours of pure joy. Like, really, the last four hours of my game time in the game were the only times that I was not experiencing total, unmitigated, pure joy. Because the game gets very hard. Um, eventually, it gets very, very hard. Um, which is a testament to your skill, which, you know, vlog keeps me coming back a little bit, but uh, it's only the last four hours. So if that's worth $14.99 to you, if that scales with your value, you know, blah, then you absolutely must buy this game. Beyond that, $14.99 not being the measure of the game this game still gets our highest award of being worth full price because of the sheer profound joy you'll have during your first you know 10 or 20 hours of the game you're gonna love this game it's gonna blow your fucking mind you got a gamepad you need neon chrome also available now which I've spent a couple of hours playing only like 3 hours or so um, as of January 19th which is a perfect excuse perfect excuse to bring up Neon Chrome again uh, and also kind of technically qualify Neon Chrome as a 2017 Best of the Rogues kind of, I don't know I'm just throwing that out there because it was a game that I missed um, during our Game of the Year awards I totally just I missed it and I didn't I just can't, I can't undo the past, man. Um, Neon Chrome came out with a downloadable content pack uh, that adds an arena mode to Neon Chrome. 
It also has a mod system, but I've only, I've spent about two hours playing the Neon Chrome Arena, which is a very different game from Neon Chrome itself. Even though the upgrades that you're that that are available to your characters in the arena are drawn from your progress in Neon Chrome, uh, which keeps it from being an entirely separate game. The DLC is four dollars ninety nine cents. Buy both today. Just do it, or just buy you know Neon Chrome at $14.99 and then see if you get addicted to it which you will and then buy the uh, the DLC uh, this is an independently developed game that is fabulous, great visuals tons of carnage, unbelievable very similar to Butcher in that you will tra- this was actually a game that we ha- that I had flagged for my It's Time to Die episode a couple weeks ago but was eliminated because the other games in that episode were all two-dimensional side-scrolling platformers. This is a three-dimensional game, and so I was like, ah, you know, Neon Chrome once again gets the shaft, it sucks, but cannot get the shaft any longer, you need to go buy Neon Chrome, go look at it, and then buy it. Let's see if we can hear just a little bit of uh, audio from our, our friends at our... Mm. No. Evidently, there is no video for Neon Chrome. Anyway, if you want to see video of Neon Chrome, you can look at our huge feature video um, on www.bestlinuxgames.com where we do a 20-minute long run. It's not spoiler-free because it was eventually as far as I had ever gotten and eventually um, we go all the way in that uh, in that video, but um the review of it ends at about 20 minutes, more or less, and that is spoiler-free, and you can enjoy that, you know, for free on YouTube. Right now, for some reason, their Steam Store page video is down for Neon Chrome. Anyway, we reviewed Avorion, A-V-O-R-I-O-N, and Neon Chrome, N-E-O-N-C-H-R-O-M-E. Oh, and by the way, the Arena... Um, downloadable content pack adds a leaderboard scored infinite arena mode in which you will die um, using the same character classes and the same basic uh, engine as Neon Chrome with the same weapons and stuff but it's an entirely different strategic experience as you um, as you you know uh, lure and deceive and explode your enemies in, in endless combinations of very, very difficult. I thought like it was going to be pussy shit. I could only get to like the eighth or ninth arena in, uh, or maybe seventh or eighth arena. I got to a boss and I beat the boss and I got two arenas after that in the arena mode. It is very, very difficult and very different from Neon Chrome. Check out Neon Chrome. If you like Blastemfests, it is so going to control your brain. It also combines elements of Gauntlet, like the old school game Gauntlet, but more fair than Gauntlet. It gives you like even money. It, it's not like, you know, designed to just kill you. Neon Chrome itself, like, there's like treasure and loot, and you get to keep it when you die and apply it to upgrading your stats and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You'll spend the first 30 hours of the game doing just that, and you will enjoy it. I guarantee you. If you like, you know, humanoid running games. So there we go. I, I think that's that's it. Can we hear four or five times once more, Ivor? And uh, I will catch you uh, next week, hopefully during the weekend, this Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no 
Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.